What's up, world? I go by the name of Jabari. Always ready so I don't have to get ready. That's the new intro. Uh, I think I'm going to say that every time this thing comes on. But welcome. This is the Words with Friends podcast. And right now I'm with my man, Nigel Sylvester. What's good, brother? Yo, what's poppin'? First off, man, uh, good seeing you, man. I haven't seen you in a little while since I moved to LA. I know, dude. It's been a minute. Like, when'd you move out here? I came out here... Almost a year now, so it's been like eight months, eight or nine months. Okay. Yeah, been out here. How's that um, been? It's good, man. I think that, like what we were saying at my party, man, it's just yeah. the 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 expense of living in New York mm-hmm. just is like so ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, the weather, man, it's like we're out here right now, and yeah. like, you're just talking about it's snowing back home. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's it's. There's certain elements like that are things that I just didn't want to deal with anymore. Mm-hmm. Cold weather and high rent, and yeah. I just want to change the pace, change the scenery. No, I got for sure. It's definitely a change of pace and scenery out here, man. And I look on Instagram just now and see when my homie post a photo. It's like still snowing. I'm just like, damn, this been snowing forever. It seems yeah. like dude, it's one of the coldest winters. Yeah, New York's seen in a long time, man. So I had to come out here too for like a month and just and just chill and get away from it. Yeah. What uh what what exactly brought you out here? I know it's multiple things. But yeah, multiple things. Like definitely like the weather, um, definitely like uh just being able to ride during like these months are so important instead of sitting at home. Yeah. Getting rusty, being cold. I mean like not being able to do what I love, just got me out here. And um, also like my filmer John Hicks, mm-hmm. um, young kid, just super hungry. Which I love his hunger and his like dedication for progression. He lives yeah. out here in Cali. He's like. At this point, like, my main film when it comes to riding and stuff. Okay. So, um, I decided to come out here and just do it. Like, just see, like, what the L.A. scene's about. Um, being able to ride and film and, like, get, like, like get some work done, which is which is awesome. And just enjoy, like, the West Coast, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Word, man. So, for those that don't know, Nigel is a pro BMX biker, um, yeah. street rider, uh one of the one of the best in my opinion to be doing it right now he's incredible uh and has just grown a lot man over the like when i did i did a jabari presents doc on nigel maybe three years ago that was yeah. maybe like three four years ago um and you guys could check that out youtube.com slash jabari um but yeah man i just think that uh what you're doing is still so so dope man and and a lot of people you're just bringing the sport to bigger heights. You know what I mean? Bigger yeah, heights. Sure. A lot of a lot of young black kids are starting to know about BMX, and yeah. you know, do, do you feel like there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders, um, you know, to 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 get the sport to a to an audience that might not have been exposed to it before? I mean, yeah, like um, there's a lot of the like like black kids, especially, but a lot of the young kids now who hit me up via social media. Saying like y'all started riding bikes because of you, or people mm-hmm. say I got back into bicycles because of what you were doing, and um, it's just important to me to share with the world my passion and my love, mm-hmm. and that love being BMX riding and how I'm going about it. Um, it's just a completely unorthodox way that hasn't been uh, explored thus far yeah. over the thirty years BMX has been around, or forty years has been around for now. Um, and it's not something that I feel is I'm forcing it. It's just natural to me. Growing up in Queens, where we went to for the Jabari Presents video, um, if you look, if you take, if you take a look around, it's like it's not the worst neighborhood 
in the world, but it's also not the best neighborhood in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so like it's definitely a neighborhood of hardworking people. So I've seen people around me, like my parents and my family members, like just work hard for the things that they want to obtain. And my sports only but so big. And I know if I want to obtain like certain things and reach my goals and live my dreams, that my sport and myself have to, like, have to grow. So I'm just doing things to grow myself and also grow my sport and bring it to more people. Like BMX is one of my true loves. And I just want to share that feeling and share my story with the world. I see all the time where you see people like, Let's take hip hop for example. Mm-hmm. You take dudes like Pharrell or Jay Z or Kanye, and like they had these dreams, and they came from places where like people definitely told them that's not gonna work, but they took whatever they had to do, and they made it happen. And now they've transcended hip hop and culture to places that people would never ever imagine. So me growing up seeing that, it's like okay, cool. If they can do it with that avenue, which is hip hop and music, why can't I do it with BMX? You know, like, BMX is such, um, just bicycle culture is such a global thing. Like, most people growing up have been on a bicycle before, and they can understand the feeling. So, like, when they see me ride, they can get, okay, I understand how hard that is. Yeah. Or I can see him mixing BMX with whether it's art or music or style and fashion, like, whatever the case may be, they can understand it and, and just kind of see, like, what like where I'm coming from with it, man. So, that's just, like, my whole... My whole thing on it right now. Yeah, yeah. What? Tell me, like, I mean, I know a little bit about your your history in Queens and growing up there, but tell me what what truly was it like, man, when you were growing up? What were some of the just like daily activities you did outside of BMX and 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 where did you ride? Did you always just go to the city and ride, or? I mean, like, I was like, man, I grew up like most other kids in, in Queens, man. <laughs> Whereas, like, when I wasn't riding my bicycle, dude, it was. Basketball, football, mm. baseball, stickball, kickball, whatever. So just I mean. sports in general. Yeah, like really sports, sports in general. Yeah. Play tag and stuff and play skelly. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. We always just found something to do. Like, most things, not most things, but a lot of things got us in trouble. Other things didn't. But we figured it out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was trial and error and just exploring. You know, just, you learn from mistakes. And we just grew up doing whatever came to our imagination for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um definitely like BMX was something that I had to like go and really pursue because you go like you go to, to in Queens you go to any any park there's a basketball court there there's a baseball field there's a baseball field big enough to play football on you know and like yeah. so like those sports were more embraced BMX wasn't embraced that much or even next to none like there were no skate parks you know so I had to really pursue that so even getting to where I am with it now and and reaching those like points that I reached, it was definitely a battle. But I mean, Queens was cool though, man. It was it raised me. I, I seen I seen a lot too. You know, like I said before, it, it wasn't the the worst neighborhood. What it wasn't the the best neighborhood. So like there were definitely things going on. Yeah. You know, like each like each summer, you would see like certain people not around anymore. And whether it was mm-hmm. they got locked up, got killed, or had to move away because. Something happened, like yeah. so. It was definitely like drama going on, and you learn from other people's mistakes. What were you involved in any of that? Nah, man. Like I just kept it to like the bikes and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kept, kept like just kind of kept out of that, man. Like I found other ways to make money, whether it was shoveling snow in the wintertime, raking leaves in the fall, getting a little bullshit summer job. Mm-hmm. You know, just whatever I had to do to like maintain. You know, but I'm like, see. 
who is the influence in your life that sort of, you know, because a lot of times as a kid, it's not just a, a conscious decision you make on your own yeah. to be like, well, I'm not going to do that because it's so easy to do something negative or wrong. It is. You know, so who, who was there in your life being like, nah. That's I mean, not. like, I had very strict parents too. So I know, mm -hmm. like, if I did something wrong, whether it was in school or even worse than that, within the street and they got to like a real legal situation, I had to deal with them. So yeah. I just didn't want to deal with my parents yeah, yeah, yeah. doing anything bad. So like that was like one of like the biggest factors in me not getting caught up in like in like just stupidity and like dumb shit was just the fact deal with my parents, you know. So it was like it was that, and it was also like I had older cousins and stuff who kept me focused. Like they seen how passionate I was about whatever I was doing at the time, where like they would keep me focused and like my, especially like my older brother would he made some mistakes growing up that I learned from that I didn't have to go through. So, like, there were people there that helped me avoid certain things and keep me on, on that track. You know, like, they always say, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And it definitely took a village to get me where I am now, whether it was my other cousins or my brothers or my friends or my parents, you know, or just even outside influences, like seeing something on TV or in the magazine saying, well, I, I, I want to get that. But I know I have to go about it a certain way. You mm -hmm. know, it was all those things that came together to, to get me to like where I am now, to get me like like the path that I'm on now. Yeah. And so when you first started, you were, I think you said 12, right? Yeah, I was about, yeah, about 12 years old when I really got into BMX. I've been riding bikes my whole life, but didn't really know about BMX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've had bikes and shit, whatever, but it's different when you understand, okay, cool, like, it's an actual culture to this. Yeah. And it's not just all bikes, it's BMX bikes specifically, like... It's actually like an industry based around this and there's media that goes into it and there's fans and there's a certain path you have to take if you want to become a professional and certain things you have to do. Once I started to understand all of that, it became way different for me because it was more focused on BMX and not like riding a mountain bike or riding a banana seat bike, whatever the case may be, you know? Yeah. What I know when we were doing the doc uh, piece, you said um, it was Dave Mirror and Matt Hoffman. Yeah, those definitely. were those were the idols. Yeah, like it was definitely Dave Mirror, for sure. But Matt Hoffman was also like the like the the next big name. Like those two were the biggest names in BMX at that time, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, it was definitely like like looking up to those dudes and just like how like they like where they took the sport and, and like in like in the manner that they took it. Mm -hmm. um, Dave Mirror being the most decorated BMX rider as far as like competition and stuff and. Um, him also just putting himself and BMX in the mainstream light, mm. you know, was it was important for kids like me because my surroundings and my neighborhood and the places I hung out at and school I went to, BMX wasn't a present thing yeah. <laughs> at all, you know. So for him being able to put it in the mainstream, I was able to 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 see it and, and embrace it. I think if it wasn't for a dude like that being as mainstream as he was and being in magazines and commercials and having video games and toys and things like that, I probably would have never knew about BMX in that way. Mm. You know, so I definitely owe him a lot to fight for, like, for his efforts, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, looking at it, when you, when, when this is going on, these guys are obviously, you know, they don't look like you. At all. So... Is there a sort of, like, is there, was there ever a level of, you know, discouragement or it's like, man, well, I don't have the same resources that these guys have. Um, 
I don't know of a professional black BMX bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it were those things challenges for you that you? I mean, like when I dove more into BMX riding, I've I found some mm-hmm. like other professionals who were black or Spanish or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that helped a little bit too. But um, for me, like I was a child, like I grew up on hip hop, dude, and I seen so many hip-hop artists and people in hip-hop, whether it was artists, whether it was an exec like Russell or somebody, break those boundaries. Exactly. So that was encouragement alone to be like, okay, cool, like, it's proven and it's been done. Yeah, yeah, You can break that. People of color can break these boundaries and you've seen it throughout history, dude, where dudes like Martin Luther King and Malcolm Malcolm X and you can list go on and on and on. Those are just two, of course, like my two, like the most famous ones who did it. But people have done it, so I was like, okay, cool. If they can do it, I can make it happen, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I can really take it to like that level. I want to take it. And of course, like the like the the like the dream gets fine tuned and changed a little like, every day because because yeah. obviously because of the internet now stuff and opportunities and you just want more because you because you know it's possible. Yeah. But um, you know, like that's just like the fact that. It was possible that I seen that just made me want to do it more, you know. What what uh what was the first moment that you had that was like, okay, this is real. <laughs> this wow. like this is this is this is more so than I'm just doing this in my neighborhood. Um, the first moment this is real. Um, I think the first time I went to the city like on my bicycle. Cause just even leaving my, cause even leaving my intermediate neighborhood, yeah. I mean, even leaving my immediate neighborhood, um, was big for me back then. You yeah, know, like yeah. being like a fourteen year old kid, like leaving Queens and going to the city, and like I met a whole bunch of pros that day, and I was like, wow, like these dudes really exist. Cause before that, I only seen them on videos. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. so like you know they're real, but you don't really know. Like yeah. being a kid, like well, I see them, but seeing them in person is way, way different. You know, and like that was the first time I was like, wow, this is this is real, dude. Mm-hmm. Like they actually exist and they're real people. Like that was a crazy night for me. You know, that's funny because one thing that you do that I'm so envious of. I mean, I travel, but you with your work, you are all over the place, man. Yeah, you man. travel all the time, so it's funny to see like. That that's kind of the first time that you realize it was real is when yeah. you were traveling. When you yeah. just travel right to the city, yeah, right from Queens, outside to Queens, <laughs> Queens of Manhattan. Yeah, like, you know I mean? wow, it was real. And now you travel all the time. Like what? I I the way I feel about travel is that travel to me is like a um like a learning experience. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 almost as important as like school is. Mm-hmm. You know, and like knowing how to do math and things like that. To me, that's the importance of travel is because the minute you step outside of the zone that you're comfortable in mm-hmm. is the minute, like, your life, you, you really realize that, like, oh, okay, this is, this is, like, I have to now adapt to a different circumstance, you know what I'm saying? Or I have to now think differently than how I think on a daily basis, you know what I mean? Because this True. is not how things go every day for me. People True. now speak a different language. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Even when you go to different cities. Mm-hmm. So, what are... I mean, just talk to me about the perks, man, and, and, the, and the things that you've learned in your travels. Because first of all, just rattle off some places that you've been. Well, um, off the top of the head, places I've been, um, Barcelona, been to um, Tel Aviv, Israel, um, Australia, Ecuador, 
Brazil, London, Paris, Germany, man, I've been all over the place, dude. Like all from the bike. All from bike riding. You know, like we travel the world to ride new spots. Yeah. You know, like whether it's a handrail in Dubai or a ledge in Japan. Like we travel to ride these spots. (laughs) You know, and Is there is there like a location scouter or something that like looks at places and like how how do you pick where to go? I mean, I, I usually do this like you may see a video from that city and you see okay. a spot in that city and like, yo, dude, if that's there, there has to be more spots there. Let's go there. Oh, and like, okay. you'll meet up with a local or someone. Yeah. You know, so like, thankful for social media now, you can just put, I'm in Japan and someone hit you up like, yo, yeah. let's go ride and that local will know all the spots. Oh, Before okay. that, like, you'll go somewhere and ride around and you may just happen to run into a local on the street yeah. and they are like, oh, dude, like, I've seen this video or I know you let's just hang out and ride because we both have this Mutual respect for each other because we ride bikes, and yeah. they'll just show you around. Or, or like you go to a bike shop and you happen to meet up with someone who rides BMX, and they'll show you around. But um, that's usually how it works, dude. We just go travel to, to, to ride new terrain. But um, I always say that I've learned more traveling than I did in school. Yeah, you know, like all the places that my history teacher was telling me about, I went there firsthand and yeah. seen it for myself. Yeah. you know. So for example, like the Great Wall of China. You read about it in a textbook and see photos, like, all right, cool. I'll, like, your mindset is, I'll never, ever go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I actually went to the Great Wall of China yeah. and learned way more about it and seen it in person, got to touch it and feel it. And I've learned so much more and have a great respect for it. Yeah. So like, I'm so grateful for my opportunities that I have to travel because I've learned so much about life, about myself, about different cultures, different cuisine, just people in general. Yeah. I'm way more accepting of people, I feel, because I've been to different cities, different countries, different towns, and got to live how they live and understand, okay, cool, like, the world's bigger than just Queens, yeah. or the world's bigger than New York City, yeah. you know, and that's, like, that's a blessing in itself. Yeah. What are some of the, like, most important lessons you've learned on, on these travels? Or what are some of, like, the places that you've been that you just remember the experience so much? Wow. Um, off the top of my head right now, dude, I remember this town I went to in Italy called Tivoli. Yeah. It's on top of a mountain. And um, it was just insane to be in Italy for two weeks hanging out and going to like authentic sandwich spots yeah. and drinking wine that was made a block away. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. it was just, it's just, it blows your mind that wow, like because I, because I ride bicycles, I've been able to do like these things and try like different cuisines and things I've learned along the way, man. Just respect for people and, Things about myself. I learned a lot of things about myself, dude, that, like, I'm not always easy person to deal with. Or yeah, yeah. or just, like, how much of, like, a neat freak I am. Mm. You know, like, things have to be in order. Because when you're traveling, moving around so much, you have, to, you have to know where all your things are all the time. Mm-hmm. Man, I just learned, it's just valuable lessons like that, man, that I've learned. And how to, like, move around in a town that you're not familiar with and to keep your eyes open all the time, dude. And mm-hmm. you get to, like, to learn how to read people more. That's so important too, dude. Like, we sometimes we end up in random places, dude. Like, I remember being in, um, these projects in Paris. Yeah. Dude, you know what I mean? And like, you have to keep your eyes open and just be aware of, of, of your surroundings. Yeah, yeah Because you yeah. never know when it might pop off. And, exactly. And, and, and then people, <laughs> some people think, Americans think, when you go somewhere, you think it's sweet. Yeah. And then, oh, no, nah, there's no sweet. ghetto in Paris. Oh, so there's no, no ghetto in, in 
the UK. Yeah. There's no. It's like nah, man. It's, it's it's real out there, dude. Like we almost had like a straight out brawl in the middle of a project. Like they started throwing like bottle stuff out out the windows. Yeah. You know, and it was and it was it's four of us in the projects with cameras, so like we could have yeah. got ran up on and it would have been a problem, but we understood okay cool like something ain't right get yeah, out of yeah, here yeah, yeah. people sometimes travel and it's oblivious to their surroundings because they're so like in awe of what's going on so yeah. you just learn how to watch out for yourself and just learn about your surroundings is important you know especially because yeah. we're in the streets all the time we ride in the streets every single day yeah you yeah. know so you learn about different neighborhoods and learn how to just navigate man yeah man I remember uh, recently when I was in London with um, when we when we put out the Tiny Temper doc. Yeah, I watched that. It was pretty dope. Thanks, man. man. Oh, we, yeah. uh, we we were like I went with my friend Sandy to uh, a party. Okay. And it was like I'm like the only American dude in there. You know, like something somebody thought I spilled a drink on them, and yeah. it was like dude was so drunk and. When I'm like saying, hey man, it's not me, I didn't spill a drink on yeah. this, immediately like, hold up, what, you're American? Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he already thinks I spilled a drink on him. Yeah. He know, oh, now this dude is not from here. I'm yeah. sitting here with this like tiny little girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And there's, I have no real like it, it's protection around. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> then I immediately like moved to a different spot. But I'm yeah. just like, oh, okay, I know it's about to pop off. Or could pop yourself. off. You or, know? or could pop off. Yeah, yeah, watch yourself. And like people, especially like, we're like us being Americans and being like that superpower of like the world almost yeah. or like one of the superpowers, like we're not liked yeah, <laughs> that much around the world. That's, so when like, you travel you realize how much people don't like Americans yeah. general. And it's not that somebody is like, I don't like you particularly. Yeah, like, but it's like, from? yeah, where you're from and the values that you have and the ideals that your mm-hmm. country sort of stands on. Yeah. And it's like your country come has this like imperialist mentality. For real. They don't rock with that a lot of different places. At all, dude. Like, you're just guilty by association. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it's, it's it's crazy, dude. But, you know, like, you just learn how to, like, how to how to watch yourself, man, and how to just be aware of what's of your surroundings, dude. And yeah. just learn how to deal with people, man. Yeah. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. I think it makes you a, definitely a better communicator. For sure, man. Yeah, when you, when you get outside. Um... Let's talk a little bit about music, man. Okay. And, and because you, I know you're a huge music head. Definitely. Um, and music, I don't think really, honestly, man, now that I come to think about it, from all the athletes that I've sort of known, followed, and watched, I think you're like number one when it comes to music mm-hmm. uh, influence in your sport. And you working with musicians, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you've done stuff with Travis Scott. Yeah, Travis um, Scott. You do stuff for it right now with Pharrell, which we'll talk uh, about a little later. Yeah, Ferg. Um, Ferg, yeah. yeah. I mean, home. yeah, you've done stuff with so many musicians. And in your sport and how you sort of show your sport through these videos, mm-hmm. you have to have a soundtrack to that. Well, you definitely do. You so, definitely do. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you look for with music and, mm. and you know, what to incorporate when you're riding? The music is so important to me, dude. Like, whenever you see me riding, I have my headphones in. I'm yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to music. Literally, when I sometimes <laughs> I will see Nigel riding in the city just randomly, and he always has his headphones on. Always, dude. Like, I just, like, I use music to just zone out the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, when I'm on my bike, I want it to be me, the bike, as one. And I'm just in this place, and no one else is there. Mm. You know, and so uh, music is so important to me. And even when I put, I put my videos out, like you said... There has to be a soundtrack to it, yeah. and like, with, and especially within my sport and even action sports, 
like anytime you see footage of us doing our thing, there's a music company to it. Yeah. yeah. You know? So um me being just like a child of hip hop and growing up on hip hop and just a child of even music, dude. I just like sounds and the way music makes me feel. I decided throughout my career that I wanna take it one step further. Like I just don't wanna put a song on top of my writing. I wanna I wanna collaborate with that artist and have that artist understand why I ride to their music or why this this song means so much to me mm. and for them to be a part of the process as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so like I've took that I took the opportunity that I have because I'm in a sport and I may and I've been able to like reach certain heights that I can get those artists attention and do collaboration with them and we end up being cool. Like yeah. Me and Ferg, we speak all the time. Yeah. We, we hang out, you know what I mean? Like, not even when we're working on something, just because we, like, we're both in the same city. Yeah. We're both on a come up, you know what I mean? Like, on our grind, just sharing our story like, with the world. Yeah. You know, we're similar to Travis Scott, but we're all similar in age as well, and we're all just super passionate about what we do. Yeah. You yeah. know, and um, so, like, I've just taken the opportunity I have to, like, team up with these artists and just make that video that much better. Like, it's like, put them in, in my video and, and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, and just to show people, like, this is real. It's not just, like, oh, I paid you for your song. Like, nah, like, this is, like, a real relationship where it's, like, we both want to collaborate because we understand that the end goal and we have this mutual respect for what each other does. Yeah, yeah. What What do you think about just, I, I don't know, I go back and forth with, like, what I think about hip-hop now. It's, like, mm. on the one hand, I think it's some amazing stuff coming out. Yeah. And there's, there's... It's like more than ever, we're in a time in hip hop where like there's so much diversity in the genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like you got somebody on on the one hand like a like a Kanye or like but then somebody even more as as popular or as big as him, you have a Jay and then on the on the on the come up you got guys like, you know, Childish Gambino, you mm-hmm. got guys like uh, you know, Travis. You just got so much so much people that are so different, yeah. I would say, and it's, and hip hop has never been like that before. No, never do. But at the same time, there's a lot of shit out there, and yeah. just like hot garbage that yeah. I feel like is it, it's because it's so easy to become a rapper now and so easy to become popular. Yeah, it's just like I struggle with the garbage that's out there. <laughs> I mean, dude, like I feel like like the internet has helped everyone, but as much as it helped people to gain exposure. It helps the people that aren't that talented to get exposure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but you have to take the good with the bad. And hip hop is very diverse right now, and I think it's in a great place. I think though, like that hot, like that hot garbage that comes out, mm-hmm. it it comes out and then it goes away. It doesn't yeah, last yeah, 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 long. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the real shit lasts. Yeah. Dudes do two, three, four, five albums. Yeah, you know, like you take a dude. They take dudes like J. Cole or Wale or Kendrick. Those, those dudes are going to stand the test of time. Yeah. There's a lot of other dudes, a lot of other names that you can name yeah. that came and went. Yeah. You know what I mean? Came and went in one year. Came and went in one year, <laughs> yeah. dude. And that, like, that's the garbage. We, that you have to deal with that yeah. because of the avenues that we have now to express ourselves. Yeah. You know, but um, there's a lot of dope stuff out right now, dude. Like, What are you listening to? Um, I'm always listening to like my staples, like Blueprint and Reasonable Doubt. Are listen to at least once a week. Yeah, it's constant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have like those drinks I listen to all the time. But um, like the like the like the newest artist that my boy Rafi put me on to, a dude named Bodega Bams. 
Yeah, I haven't heard too much of him. I've yeah, seen dope, his dude. name pop up a lot. Yeah, he's, is he's he from Harlem? He is from Harlem. He's okay. Harlem. Yeah. So yeah, he's dope. listening to him a lot now. Um, listening to a lot of Drake, um, a lot of ASAP, of course. Um, just depending on how I feel, man. And then even like it's not just like rap for me. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, like yeah. I listen to Florence and the Machine. Oh man, <laughs> you know, like Florence and the Machine is dope. Yeah. I listen to the Weekend, like I, I, it's just I think it's dope as well. You know, um, so a bunch of just random joints. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's a reggae joint, or it can be just random for me, dude. But yeah. I just like whatever sounds good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, if, if if it sounds good, then I can rock to it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about how. Uh, how did you get all of these sponsors? Because that's a that's a huge thing. Like people are trying to crack this code, yeah. not just in sports, but just any yeah, people are just trying to. You know, the thing is, man. I tell people all the time. People people ask me, man, like, what? Why are you not doing more videos? Or why are you not? There? And I'm like, I got a lot of stuff that I'm working on, but yeah. please believe that. None of this is free. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta, none of this, shit, it costs dude. money for these cameras yeah. to travel to places, edit to edit it. Time you know is I mean? money. Yeah, everything costs. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah. a dollar sign attached to Nothing any type free of nowadays. art that you're creating, yeah. typically. And especially with film, you know, because so many people know me from my film stuff. It's yeah. like, yo, that is expensive. So, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to talk to different sponsors, work yeah. with different companies, you know, create mutually beneficial relationships uh -huh. so where people can pay me to produce stuff uh, and then, you know, integrate the brand or whatever, stuff like that, whatever may have you. Um, but with you, man, yeah, you, you've you worked with, you worked with Gatorade, G-Shock, yeah, Nike. Uh, Nike is like number one. Yeah, um, dude, um, company called Dance Comp, which is the biggest BMX mail order yeah, um, Dance Comp. in in the world, dude. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, animal bikes. Animal bikes is staple, solid brand that I work with. And um, now I'm riding for Brooklyn Machine Works as well, a bike company like out of New York City. Yeah. But um, seriously, man, it's been a blessing, dude. Like, and just it takes it takes a lot of things to come together at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, like it's a blessing. The fact that that I actually have a talent. You yeah. Know? And I I put myself out there. Um, in a way that people can see it's authentic and it's not forced. Yeah. And also timing, dude. Mm. You know, like, um, I happen to be rising in my sport at a time where, like, a lot of these big companies were getting into the sport. They were looking for that new kid. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it just happened to work out. And um, I would have never thought it worked out, like, it would work out the way it did. That I'm riding for some of the biggest companies in the world, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I ride for multi-billion-dollar companies. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's crazy, but um, it just happened to work out that like they see what I was doing, and they seen it was authentic, and they see how people were reacting to it. Yeah, you yeah. know, like and the way I went about my sport was completely different than the normal BMX, I guess, route or way you can take to become successful mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. most people or most athletes like traditionally you get into the sport you ride contests and based on your results in your contests it's gonna seriously be how successful you are in the industry i didn't go that route because of where i'm from like new york city 
didn't embrace BMX riding in the industry the way that other places did. Yeah. Let's take, for example, California, yeah. where this is like the mecca for action sports, especially BMX. You can ride all year round mm. in, in California. A lot of the industry is based out here because it's a big state and they sell a lot of bicycles and people can ride bikes all year round. New York City, on the other hand, you probably, on average, you get six to eight months of riding and then it's over for, like, for the year. There are way less skate parks in, in, in New York City. You know, like right now, there's no one riding bikes because it's snow on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I, so, being that I'm from New York City, I had to go about BMX riding in a different manner. And this is why I am the rider that I am today because I took a different route. And that route was street. And that route was just street riding. Yeah. I didn't rely on any contest to be like the platform of, of, of my success. My success strictly came from myself and, and my videos and what I produced and like what I put out to the world. Yeah. You know, like I didn't like I, I don't have to wait a year again to ride a contest. I can put out a video every single day if I wanted to and speak to the people. Yeah. You know, and even like when I was coming up, YouTube was just really getting big and like the internet started to boom at that point. Yeah. So it was just a perfect surge that yeah. <laughs> happened that, that just happened while I was breaking into the scene. Yeah. You know, and like companies seen that and people who were in position of power in my industry and just in sports industry seen that and and like gravitated towards me mm. you know and I was able to use those things to get to where I am now man your career really just as we talk it just reminds me so much of an artist yeah. career you know what I mean because yeah. it's, it's, it is it is you you yeah. It's like bike riding is your art, and you create that art, and you put it to the fans, yeah. and you create a following, mm -hmm. and a fan base, and an audience, and now these companies want a piece of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. How? It's like, it's, it's, it's like in fact, for, for me, it's like almost a perfect blend of art and sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, because what I do is a sport, like, I'm an athlete, dude. Yeah. Like, that's been tested and proven that I perform on a on a professional athlete level yeah. but what I'm doing has this side of art and creativity to it yeah you know that that like Ill. it kind of comes together and like just make like what it is now just you know like what I'm putting out there and the athlete and the person I've become how does it how does it go down when a company wants to sponsor you is it like you know is it ever a level of you reaching out to them or is it always them coming to, after you it go I mean it, it it goes both ways, man. Sometimes you wake up, dude, and you get an email, and it's, a, it's an email in your inbox like, yo, listen, we're interested in working with you. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Other times, you have to go pursue it, you know, yeah. and um, which, like, pursuing endorsements and pursuing opportunities isn't something I'm afraid of. I grew up in New York City, dude. Like, they breathe some of the famous, like, so, like, New York City has breathed some of the most famous hustlers yeah, exactly. <laughs> that we've ever yeah. seen in this lifetime, yeah. you know what I mean, like, New York, like, if you even go back in history and understand why New York City was built, it was built to make money, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from even day one, dude, New York City was built to make money, yeah, New York City, look at Wall Street, look at Wall Street, dude. Stuff like, that, yeah. New York City was made by hustlers, dude, and that's why that city feels like that. 
That's why you're yeah. out here right now, like on your grind. That's why I'm yeah. like on my grind because New York yeah, because yeah, you come been, from you come from New York City, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that in like New York City instills the hustling you do. There's mm-hmm. so much going on. The city never sleeps. It's the always way to make make a dollar, dude. Yeah. So I so I just take that hustle that I've grew up with and that I'm in all the time in my home city and put that into like the BMX game, mm-hmm. which a lot of dudes in the game don't approach it like that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like okay, cool. Like I want to ride my bike, live my dream, have fun. But I also want to make money. Yeah. I want to. I want to provide for myself. I want to provide for my family. And it's not just about the money. It's never about that. It's yeah. about the options that money creates. Man, let's talk about that. <laughs> yes, because yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, T- yeah. Tell me a little. Yeah, well, I mean, oh man, I just. I, this is another <laughs> thing I go back and forth. Like sometimes I'm like. Sometimes I'm really. I, I get in this like real hippie mode and zone, and I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, you know what. I don't need money. Like I know I need a certain amount of money, yeah, yeah. but I don't want to pursue. I don't want to be a millionaire. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to live my life uh, as a wealthy person because yeah. a lot of time wealth creates this like this this sort of like false reality mm-hmm. of um, of what's the word? Uh, you know, people think that they deserve things when they're wealthy. Entitlement. That, entitlement. Mm-hmm. That's the exact word I'm looking for. And people, wealthy people are. You know, there's literally been like t- studies that, that have shown that wealthy people are, they feel a sense of entitlement when, you know, like there was a, there was a recent study with kids playing Monopoly mm-hmm. and the Monopoly was rigged. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a, as a, uh, it was like the people that were playing and, and had an unfair advantage over the people that didn't have the yeah. advantage, they, they would do stuff just like, they would brag. They would boast. Yeah. <laughs> they would like, you know, they, they, they would feel like they deserve to win the game yeah. when they knew it was rigged. They, they even like, knew they, they, it they was rigged. It. And they still were like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I deserve this. And yeah, it's yeah. like, that's, you, you see similarities with that with wealthy people. But at the same token, you know, me being a struggling artist on the come up pretty yeah. much my whole life. And, you know, having, having times where money was not an issue mm-hmm. or times where money was an issue, mm-hmm. you know, living both of those lifestyles, I, I understand that, like you said, man, money creates opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, if you want to make an impact in a large scale, like me and you and I both do, yeah. I think, yeah, money is a, is a, is a big I think that's what I'm struggling with now, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need money to do dumb shit. I mean, but yeah. even for me, dude, it's like, I grew up in... A home where both my parents worked, especially my mom, she worked seven days a week yeah. my whole life. Yeah. So I've seen her work her ass off for a very long time, you know? So for me, as I feel like she like she created this opportunity for me to go out and do whatever I wanted to do in this world. Mm-hmm. But I feel I owe it to her to be like that, that I have to work as hard as I possibly can and be as successful as I could possibly be to make her years when she's done working easier. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like, I feel that responsibility. And also, just, like, I've been there where, yeah, <laughs> times are very rough, where we didn't have, my, like, much money. Other times were more comfortable. But I know what both of those feel like. Yeah. You know, so it's, like, it's, it's never about, oh, I just want money to have money. It's about, dude, I want to create options for myself and for those around me. Yeah, you know, like there were younger kids in my family. I want them to have opportunities and chances that I didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing about traveling, dude. Like you see a lot of different things. Like you see how certain people live. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you like you know that kids that m- most of the time kids who 
grow up with more options understand life a little bit better and they, yeah. and they have a little bit easier like navigating through life life is not an easy thing at all dude and being well equipped and, and, and being educated on certain things is very very important and having options that come from have from that, that come from being financially comfortable mm-hmm. create options for your family and for those around you and for those who are coming up behind you yeah you know so that's for me it's like if I've, I've, I've had an opportunity to be successful and make a certain level of money and be financially comfortable, I'm going to go take that opportunity because I know what that brings for my family. Yeah, yeah. You See, and that, but then there's a dangerous game, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Of, okay. Of, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen this too, but I know a lot of people who, you know, let's say, let's say, you just come from money and you yeah. know that money is there and you know, yeah. you know, there's always going to be money and you don't, you don't live to your full potential yeah. because you know that there's a, a safety net from daddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that, like, that, like that's unfortunate. Like I, like I know people like that too. I feel like you have to like raise, like you, like, you have to raise your kids a certain way. Yeah, it's all in like, the parenting. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it's all in whatever that system is that a child is being raised in. It's that system's responsibility to make sure this child does not grow up like that. Yeah. Thinking, oh, kids owes me a safety net. No, like, I know kids who have super rich parents, but they don't depend on their parents at all. They're, like, yeah. they're out here hustling and trying to get it on their own. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I know that that, that also exists. Yeah. Whereas, like, oh, yeah, my my parents are millionaires, but I don't care. I want to get I want to get my own money. Yeah. You know, and, that, and, that, and I feel that comes from, like, the way the parents raise their child. Yeah. Like, you don't give that child everything. Yeah. You say, well, listen, yeah, I got it, but I'm only going to give you one, you can't have two today. Mm-hmm. And I feel those little lessons that, 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 as you grow up makes that child like, well, if I want two, I got to work hard to, 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 get, to get two instead of having one. Yeah. So it's things like that, man. You know? How, how do you feel about, about kids? I know you don't have any kids right now. Uh, right? right? No, I don't have any kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, do you, how do you feel about that, man? Like, what do you, do you have a time frame that you want to, to have children mm-hmm. at? That's... That's in God's hand, man. Like, yeah, if yeah. I, like, meet, like, the right chick and it's right and it happens, it happens. You know, yeah. like, my brother, like, recently had um, a son. So I have, like, a nephew now and he's a year and a half. And it was a, and just such an incredible experience, dude, like, watching that child grow up. Yeah, You yeah. know, and um, the feeling that I get when I'm around that child, mm-hmm. you know. And I know, wow, like, kids are and, and, um, an amazing and an incredible thing, like, I definitely want to have it one day, and when the time is right, I'm hoping that God will bless me with one. Yeah. What about? Uh, obviously, you need a woman for that. Uh, <laughs> so, what, what's is there a struggle, man? With you know, I mean, you're just like one of the busiest people I know. Yeah. So, how was how that when it comes to dating and relationships? And I mean, it's hard, man. I mean, I, I feel like even being in your, then being in a big city like New York. Yeah, it's, it's hard. In general. It's hard in general. <laughs> you know, oh my God. it's crazy. Like so many women. You know, and um. I do well for myself when it comes to females, yeah. you know what I mean? But my main focus right now, dude, is BMX in the grind, dude. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, chicks come and go. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like when like, like when the right one is here, then I'm going to know and that's going to happen. But for right now, I'm like, it's whatever, dude. Like, <laughs> what, what are you, what are you, my thing is with, with like, how, that balance is like, what if, okay, what if you did find the right one? Yeah, but 
you got to dedicate all this time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, How do you? Yeah, it gets it, it gets difficult, dude, because like you have to like be with a chick. I feel, in my opinion, and especially in like my position, like I have to find a woman who understands what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. Like she has to be very, very understanding. Like, okay, yeah, you might not be home for like, for a month. Like, I haven't been home for a month. So if I had a girlfriend based in New York City who didn't travel as much as me, yeah. she'd be feeling twisted right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, is what, what are you doing? Yeah. I've been out there for a month. Like, yeah. you know, so it's crazy. So I just choose to, like, yo, if when, like if a chick is cool with, with what I do, then we can ride. If not, then i see you later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it is what it is. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love women. Women are the most beautiful things I think in this world. Like, incredible, incredible, yeah. incredible. But um, for me, it's more just like like my main focus is riding right now. So, chicks are like, okay, cool. If like if you with it, we can roll. If you're not with it, sayonara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? Have you ever? You know what? Have you? Whenever I sort of talk about this with my male friends and all yeah. of that, it's like it's always we're talking about it from a guy's perspective. Yeah. But have you ever met a girl that has that same type of attitude? Um. It's not common, it's but not common, yeah, yeah. But I've like. I've met females who have the same attitude. Um, to me, that's attractive. Oh, I love it. That's like, like, yeah. I, like, I, like, I really, really admire females who are on their grind. I think yeah. that's one of the most sexiest things ever. Yeah. But especially nowadays, I feel like nowadays so many chicks feel like I can just pose like nude on Instagram or something and like I'm going to be like an Instagram model. And it's like, no, like you need like a real situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, to find a female who has a head on her shoulders, who's on her grind, who has goals, who's dedicated to, like, what she's doing, I think that's one of the dopest things ever, man. Those yeah. are just hard to find, dude, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's out there, you yeah. know? You know? Ladies, the way, the way to Nigel Sylvester's heart is uh, a job. <laughs> Pretty much, like, <laughs> like I need, like, a, I need, like a, a power team. Like, you don't yeah, have to yeah, be, yeah. like famous anything like that but if you got like goals and you're dedicating whatever it is that you're working on that you're striving to be the best and to and to create change like that's i think that's pretty dope yeah man i i'm i'm a i'm a big idea guy yeah. you know i like just in people in my life in general mm-hmm. i don't i don't care if they're male female gay straight whatever yeah. it's just like i like to incorporate people in my life and my friends that have big ideas and For i'm sure. trying to do something on on a on a big scale or just like not even on a big scale where like massive people they reach massive people but yeah. it's just like they're trying to do something good for the world at the yeah. end of the day you know what mm-hmm. I mean like cause that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to from the film stuff to even even the party that I throw man it's yeah, like a dope party too though man you know thank, oh yeah thank you Nigel, great name and everything in the surprise building. party like us it's, it's, it's pretty cool thanks man we're just trying to do stuff that's like that's different from the status quo yeah. you know what I mean and, and you know what's the thing about this though too like the element that I walked to the spot and people were actually dancing yeah, and yeah, partying yeah. I feel that element has been lost in partying nowadays oh, like, man. so yeah. many parties are like yeah we're gonna go to the club and sit at a table and that's great and all like, I enjoy that I wanna yeah. go to the club and pop bottles too and that's great but I actually still like to go to a party where people are like dancing. You leave yeah. there sweating and you're close yeah. them, and you just had a great time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. so like the fact that that party that you can actually party and like dance and you know what I mean? Like that was, I think that was pretty cool. You know? Yeah, man. Thanks, man. That's that's. I just feel like there's not. There, we're so far removed from just like n- normal stuff. People <laughs> nowadays think like. 
non-normal stuff is normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> they think like they think that a party is supposed to be you go there and you take Instagram pictures <laughs> and you, you you pop bottles and like that's it. But really, yeah. what is that? That's just like I don't know what that's that is a. a a popularity contest. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but like that's not a party. Yeah, like, you know I'm, what I mean? Yeah, you go to parties. Some people don't even party. Some people, people don't even party. Photos, dude, yeah, all day, the like. whole time. Like I'm in a party, but literally nobody's dancing. It's like <laughs> this is this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like I, I, as I said, I actually enjoy going to the surprise party and actually partying, like and dancing and like sweating and actually partying, dude. You know, because right. I always hear stories about parties. Back in the day, like the tunnel and all yeah, that shit, and it was like exactly. a party. Like you actually went there and had a great time, and you know. But keep doing what you're doing, man. Like bringing that vibe to uh, to the game, man. Like we need that. Yeah, like, man. We just need that, that, like that happy, like that happy balance. Like, yeah, I feel it's needed. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. So, um, what what's next, man? Like, what are some of the things that you know? Just goals, new things that you're trying to do. Is there anything specific? Do you have anything about to drop? I mean, the goal is always to um, progress on and off my bike. Mm-hmm. And when I say on my bike, I mean, like, I'm continuously striving to land new tricks and ride as much as possible and put on the videos. And off my bike, I want to grow as an athlete and grow my sport and bring it to, and bring it to more people, like, grow the awareness of what's going on here. Like, we're still, like, a subculture, but it's global. Like, yeah, I can yeah, go yeah. anywhere in the world right now, and I'll see someone riding bikes, and they'll know exactly who I am. Mm. You know, they'll know exactly what's going on, yeah. which is dope. So I want to continue to grow that. I think it's just one of the dopest things ever. As far as projects and stuff, man, um, it seems like working like, with my sponsors, you know, um, it's almost like, yeah, I got something coming out what you can't talk about. Yeah, you know how that yeah, shit comes out. You know, like, there's always something coming out, yeah. dude. Like, so, but, um, you know me, man. Ever since you know, ever since you got aware of like, what's going on with me, man, I'm always dropping something. I'm always doing something. Yeah. Um, okay. Right now, me and, uh, right now, uh, Pharrell and I are working on Brooklyn Machine Works, my new uh, bike sponsor. Okay. You know, and it's been um, a crazy, crazy opportunity to work close with him you know he's had one of the best of his years of his life right now insane killing man. it dude you know and um we just got up through our mutual friends um through his business manager Loic, and um it was like pretty dope because he actually rode bicycles back in the day yeah, yeah. you know he had bicycles in his music videos back in the day multiple mm-hmm. music videos and embraced bicycle culture so us coming together is not like this force fed thing. It's not like oh that's not real and authentic. Like no, this dude's been riding BMX bicycles for as long as I've been riding BMX bicycles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So um, we're working on Project Brooklyn Machine Works, which is like my new bike sponsor. And we're gonna be releasing like aftermarket bike parts and also complete bicycles uh-huh. um, at some point during this year. Um, so this is like a signature series by between pretty, you and Pharrell. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much like. Um, Brooklyn Machine Works makes BMX bicycles, downhill bicycles, mountain bicycles, all types of different bicycles. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be heading out the BMX side of, uh, the, of, like, of the business. So um, we're going to be uh, doing like the BMX bicycles like based around the bike I ride and pretty much like put that out to the world and speak to those kids. Like It's important to me that kids in the hood know what's going on with yeah. BMX bike riding. You yeah. know, like it's another avenue. Like I watch basketball, I watch football, I play football, I play basketball. But I feel a lot of those kids in the hood like think those are the only two sports you can do. Yeah. I want like I want them to understand 
that, yo, you can ride a BMX bicycle, dude, and do all that shit, plus more. You know, like, I've been traveling the world and met all types of different people and did all types of different things, dude, throughout my life because I ride this BMX bicycle. You know, so I just want to share that story and let kids know that this is possible to do so. It's always just things that I can do to continue to drive that message home and expand on people's minds as far as, like, what's possible. Yeah, yeah. What, what is Pharrell like uh, as a person to work with, man? He's cool, man. He's very passionate and similar to us with, like, big ideas. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. give me the biggest idea. Like, I want to make that one happen. Like, yeah. I want to do that thing that no one else is thinking or no one else thinks is possible. Yeah. You know, where it's like, and that's been something that I've been about since day one. It's like, who would have thought that a black kid from Queens would be able to rise in the ranks of of a sport BMX that's predominantly white mm -hmm. you know like that's a big idea yeah. you know so like I've been chasing this big idea and he's chasing big ideas and have done crazy things throughout the years just things that people will never ever forget and it's always like let's go after that never been done before yeah. like that's the mission so working on him is dope because I'm able, I'm able to expand on like, on like on those big ideas and get another creative mind to put input on things that I want to do, mm -hmm. you know, which is so important, you know, and especially someone that's not based in BMX to get their opinion on what I'm doing, especially because I want to appeal to that more mainstream market. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's a great it's a great opportunity to have someone like for all around me, you know. Oh man, dope. Well, brother, yeah. you know I'm supporting every no, single move you, you're doing. Likewise, dude. Um, at Nigel Sylvester. On real. literally every Everything. social network. <laughs> I keep it um, real simple, man. Just holler at me. Uh, get at him, please. Uh, if you're not in tune, ladies and gentlemen, just type his name on YouTube and, and yeah. see some of the amazing tricks and all kinds of stuff this guy does, man. It's yeah, just incredible. Man. Hit your local uh, search engines, whether it's your Yahoo, your Bing, yeah. your Google, <laughs> yes. whatever you got. Hit that search engine. Yeah. Um, find me. And uh, yeah, man, you guys know, holler at me, youtube.com slash Jabari. And uh, everything is just Jabari, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Facebook is not, but whatever. <laughs> um, find it. And, um, and yeah, this has been another edition of Words with Friends, man. This is going to be, we, we're going to keep coming. I'm just regular conversation with some of my, my really good friends within the industry and just not just in general, man, just people who I think somebody can learn a thing or two from. So thank you guys for supporting. iTunes link is coming soon. Uh, but right now, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Jabari. Spread it, share it, 